I think one of the highest compliments in the Bible is being a man after God's own heart. You look at one of the heroes in the Bible, and he carries that title. A man after God's own heart, David. David is a man that is highly talked about throughout the New Testament, even throughout the Old Testament. There is more content of this guy's life than almost anybody else. And he holds that title, a man after God's own heart. And so there is a lot we can learn from this man named David. David is complex. David is a poetic musician and a mighty warrior. He was a shepherd of sheep and he was a shepherd of God's people. And through David, we can learn that, that kingdom victories and kingdom promotion don't depend on the same qualities and qualifications that the world desires. Because when you look at the world and positions of the world, you think of a resume. You think of training, education. I mean, as soon as you apply for a position, they're going to ask you, okay, what, what's your experience? What have you done? What kind of education do you have? And through David's life, we learn that kingdom victories and kingdom promotions, kingdom positions aren't acquired on our ability, on our education, on our strength, on our capability. Because you look at David and his quality of his lifestyle, the best quality David had was going after God's heart. And that is what allowed him to plummet upwards in promotion and in victories. And it's sad, it is so sad because many people in the kingdom resign their birthright to be used in the kingdom because they base if they're qualified on their own ability or on seeking confirmation from other people. And so they resign their right to be used in the kingdom because they don't believe in Philippians 4.13 where it says, In Christ I can do all things. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things with Christ who strengthens me. Instead, they're, they're seeing if they can be used based on what they can do, based on qualifications, based on if people tell them yes or no, if people believe in them or not. And most people never get used in the kingdom because somehow they've missed this verse that says, I can do all things with Christ who strengthens me. They don't find their strength in the heart of God, in Christ. And it's sad. Do you realize when David faced Goliath, he had no training. He was not a warrior. He was a shepherd. And that's all he did was shepherd sheep and play the harp to God's heart in worship. That's all David did. You know the day that he saw Goliath? When David saw Goliath, he was actually delivering cheese to his brothers who were actually warriors. Isn't that fascinating? But somehow God used this boy, somehow God used this boy who was delivering cheese to defeat Goliath. He had no qualifications, absolutely zero. He was a shepherd boy. All he knew how to play was a harp, not a sword, not a shield, not armor, but a harp. And he worshiped God. And God became his number one thing. And that's where his strength was, was from. Sometimes before we can wrap our hands around a sword and walk into battle, we need to learn how to worship God first. Because that is where our strength will come from. That is where we will truly be commissioned to go. Because look at David. He had no qualifications. He was delivering cheese. But what he had was a heart. A heart for God. And that is where he was strengthened and commissioned. And that is where victory came from. And I want to talk about two stories in my life where I've gotten true strength from the Lord when everyone else said no. First was when I was at Biola. 
And for about a year, year and, and a half, I just had a heart to go and do missions in Mexico. And every, like, every chance I could get, I was in Mexico. I even paid someone $200 to drop me off at the Tijuana border. I had to be at the orphanage. I had to just be used by God on the mission field. And of course, when I brought it up to my friends that were there, or the professors that were there, first thing they said was, no, you can't do that. In fact, after a year, I finally said, okay, I feel like God's calling me to the mission field. I'm going to do it, even though everyone else told me no. Professors would tell me, no, don't do this. Professors said, if you go and, and drop out of college, no one's going to take you seriously. In fact, no one's going to hire you. You're always going to be known to be a college dropout. Professors would take an hour and a half to talk to me outside of class while the class just sat there and did nothing. And the whole time he's telling me, no, this is not a good idea. You shouldn't do this. And I'm going, I, I, think, I think I should. Because I would spend time with God alone and I would know for sure God's saying, go. I'm giving you the strength. I'm making you capable. Go. And it's funny, the day that I left Biola, I saw Francis Chan on campus. I saw him and I was like, hey, Francis. And I was like, you remember me from camp? He's like, mm, I don't remember you. And he's like, and he changed the subject real quick. And he's like, so what, are you a sophomore, a junior? And I'm going, oh gosh. Everyone has told me no. All my friends, most of my professors, I'm like, I just, I don't want to hear it from one more person. I'm actually, I, I just dropped out of school today and I'm, I'm actually going to move to Mexico. And he looks at me and he's like, that is so cool. And then during his speech at the conference, he spent three hours talking about his new book, Crazy Love. And at the end of it, he said, we need to have crazy love like this kid who just came up to me that said he's dropped out of Biola to go into the mission field. And at that moment, I knew that was my confirmation. Because you know who was sitting in all those seats? My professors. My friends who said no. So what happened was, at the end of that, everybody ended up praying for me to go to Mexico. But imagine if I said, you know what, professor who has a PhD in Christian foundations, you're right. Maybe I'm not qualified to go. Maybe I need to be educated first. Whoa, that freaks me out. I would have lost four of the greatest years of my life if I listened to him. Of all the life changes I've seen in Mexico, the children that we took off the streets, that wouldn't have happened. When I got in my car to go to Mexico, I was in my car and I was on the I-5 freeway, which is the main interstate. I literally had to pull over because there was this eruption of joy in my car, tangible joy, the kind that you could feel. So much so that I had to pull over because I couldn't drive. I was crying and I felt God was in the car and he was saying, you do this for me. You continue to go where I call you to go. This is what I'll give you. This joy. You'll have me. And at that moment, I didn't care if I was going to ever come back to school. At that moment, I didn't care if I was going to be always known as a college dropout. If nobody would hire me, I didn't care because I had God in that moment. And I had his joy in that moment. And that is what all that mattered to me. And I went and I never turned back. A couple months ago, I was teaching at this orphanage in Kenya. And I was teaching about the coin, the lost coin. The kids are like 17 years old and there's probably like 20 of them in the, in the class. And I read the story about the lost coin. And I go, what, what came to you guys' mind as soon as I read the story? And, you know, they give me, like, the Bible study answers. And I said, you know what? What I thought, who cares about that stupid coin? I don't know why I was saying this. I said, who cares about that stupid coin? Get another coin. Why did that lady destroy her whole house, tore up everything for that one coin? What's the point? Get another coin. 
There's no value. Like, who cares? And all of a sudden, God said to me, as I'm in front of that class talking about that, he said, what about these coins in this class? Who cares about these kids? No one cares about those kids in Kenya. And he said, are you willing to give up everything and destroy your house to find these coins? God told me that in front of them. And of course, I'm like trying to get it together, you know. And I'm going, send me. I want to go. I'll go and tear up everything I know back here on Kauai to go reach these coins for my God. Maybe I'm not, I'm not going to go there, but I'm going to Africa. A couple months ago, I announced to people that I was going to move to Africa. And that didn't go so well for some people. A few people who I looked up to and I cared about, that cared deeply for me, said, you're not capable and you're not commissioned. You're not capable and you're not commissioned. And this is from people I looked up to. I remained strong in the Lord. I know that's where he wanted me to go. And so I'm still going. A week later, a week later, I was on stage at a sold-out stadium. And the head worship leader from Hillsong United was praying for me, commissioning me and praying for me to go to Africa in front of 10,000 people. After that night, I, I got home and I was just like, God, what are you, what, what's going on? And he said this, sometimes you won't get commissioned. Sometimes you won't get the, the confirmation from people who you believe in most. And that's okay. But sometimes I'll give you a stadium of confirmation. We're commissioned and strengthened to go because of our desire for God's heart, like David. He had an obsession for God's heart. And he allowed David to beat Goliath because of the strength that he had in the Lord and seeking his heart. Do you realize that when David got anointed to be king, it wasn't like the day later he was king. He was anointed and then 15 years later he became king. But let's look at how he was chosen to be anointed. Samuel came to Jesse's house and all the boys lined up. And of course these boys were probably getting ready, you know, to show off their, their ability to be king someday, maybe. They're warriors. They look good. They have to like, you know, put on that face, choose me face. I am capable to be king. They trained for this moment. Samuel came in. He looked around and he saw this one guy named Eli or Eliab or something like that. Samuel saw that one guy that he thought that guy was capable to be king. And God said, no. 1 Samuel 16, 7. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So no one in that room was capable to be king, even though they looked like they could, even though they had their resume, even though they were trained to be king, they didn't. They weren't ready because their hearts weren't towards God. And so Samuel said, there's someone else. And Jesse goes, yeah, there's, there's another boy, but he's a shepherd. He's not, no, you're not going to choose him. He's a shepherd boy. Forget about it. And Samuel goes, no, bring him here. Do you realize when David was anointed to be the future king, he was out in the field as a shepherd worshiping God with a harp. That's insane. He wasn't the one with the resume, with the training. He was the one with the heart that was towards God's. That day when Samuel came in to anoint someone, David was out worshiping God, not there to be anointed. He had no idea he was going to be anointed. He wasn't training for it. He just had a heart for God, and that's what anointed him. When you're transformed inwardly first, knowing who you are, a child, 
a son, a daughter, a prince, a princess, an heir to the throne, a kingdom worker, when you know who you truly are, out of that will, will flow Christ-likeness, will flow your desire to do things for the kingdom, to expand the kingdom. So it's not like an obligation or a chore to do these things. It's out of joy. And out of, out of seeking God's heart in the quiet place allows you to step into battles that you think is impossible. From worshiping God on that mountain, David stepped into a battle of the biggest giant and defeated him. And that was from worship. And that was from an intimacy with God where David was strengthened from the Lord. Out of that, he was able to conquer a giant. Someone who has no capability to do that. No qualifications to do that. But he did it. When we look to God as our Father, when we grab onto the identity, everything changes. A destiny is mapped out in front of you. But it's your decision to go through that destiny or not. And many people think we're not capable. I can't do it. I'm going to seek confirmation from others first. I'm going to get qualifications first. And then I'm going to go and walk into that destiny. Where God's going, no, once you become mine, I will strengthen you. Your strength is in Christ, not your own. And when those people told me you're not capable to go into Africa, I'm thinking, you're absolutely correct. I'm absolutely not capable to be a missionary, to do these things, to go to India. I'm not. In my desire to go deep into the Father's heart, I find strength. And Christ is the one who strengthens me to do all things. I'm not capable. You're right. But God is. And that is more important to me. The worst thing we can do, the worst thing we can do is believe those words from others. You're not capable. You're not commissioned. Or even the words from yourself. I can't do this. I don't have time for it. I don't have the money for it. I don't have the energy for it. And what happens is you become stagnant. And that is the most dangerous thing in Christianity. When you remain stagnant because of those voices, because of your own voices, you're ending up killing the destiny the promotions, and the victories that God has mapped out for you. You're killing those things because you're stuck and you're waiting for something. You're waiting for confirmation. You're waiting to be strengthened by someone. You're waiting to have more faith in yourself. Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things with Christ who strengthens me. He is our strength. In Him, I am capable. In Him, I have strength. In Him, I'm commissioned. And I think about the time where I could have listened to that professor if I listened to that, that professor, I would have thrown away everything that happened in Mexico. I would have done something else probably. But thank God I didn't. Thank God I grabbed onto God's strength and His commission for me to go. We can do all things in Christ who strengthens us. Don't let anyone ever tell you no. And go. Because then you'll discover what it feels like to conquer a giant. Not from your own strength, but from the strength of God. So we are commissioned. We are commissioned for kingdom work. And we are victorious because of our strength that is found in the Lord.